Hey Zwifters, I'm Simon Schofield and this is the Zwiftcast coming up on this episode. The astonishing growth of team time trialling on Zwift. How lockdown Zwifting has changed one tri-coach's training methods permanently. And how the Tour for All race series has done more for women's cycling than anything else, says the winner. Well, a couple of weeks break and that's given us time to reflect on some of the changes that lockdown cycling has brought and which of those may stick around. We're in reflective mood this week. You feeling reflective, Shane? I'd like you to be. Good day, mate. <laughs> uh, with no hair on top of my head, some would say my head is the reflective thing on me. But uh, <laughs> yes, it's uh, it's been it's been a long time indoors. It really has. But yeah, lots to talk about this week. I'm keen to get stuck into it. Well, I'm, I'm I'm glad to hear you alive and well because last time I saw your avatar, it was lying in a pool of blood on a <laughs> on a Los Santos highway, and we'll we'll talk more about that later. Nathan, yo, dude, you're always reflective. You be like a mirror. You're so reflective. How are you doing, fella? I'm doing good. I don't know. Lately, I've been so dang busy. I'm having a moment to sit, except for this week, finally. So, yeah, time time to sit down with you guys and maybe get on with it. So, liking yeah, it. Well. That's what we're here for. Well, I've reflected, and thanks to all the stick I've received in various form, forums, um, most of it affectionate, well, all of it affectionate and good-natured, I have to say, but it was stick nonetheless. I have concluded, after much reflection, I am giving up the Tron bike. What? Yep, that horse has bolted. The Tron train has left the station. My <laughs> Tron ship has sailed. Uh, having completely failed to register for it, despite having done millions of meters on Zwift, I've decided I'm just not going to register for it. I'm, it's gone. It, it's over. I don't need it. Denial. That's all that is. That's all. You'll be back. You'll be clicking on that secretly one night. You'll be. You'll wake up in a sweat. You'll need that glowing Tron bike. We all have to have it. A true Zwifter has to want the Tron bike. Simon, I'm disappointed. Well, I can understand your disappointment. I mean, have, have you never done this, Nathan? It's like you, you you know you should have done something and then you hadn't done it and then you think, oh, well, I just can't be bothered to do it, actually. Well, only the thing is, is that you're already doing the thing. That does the thing, except you have to click a button. So, like, it's not like you're not getting more climbing. Like, eventually, you'll get the Tron bike. I mean, like, no, and, I know, I, I mean, know, like, but the thing, ten but years I from didn't. now, Simon, you'll have the Tron bike if you just register. <laughs> like, you just, no, but this I didn't is, this click is not the very transparent. We're talking about being reflective. We need some transparency here now. Like, well, I guess this is transparent. You're really sharing your heart of. Wanting to give up, but come on. No. <laughs> well, no, it's just like that thing. I tell you what it's like, actually. I don't know whether you've ever done a very, very long alpine climb or any kind of long climb, actually. And then maybe two thirds of the way up the climb, the 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 gods or whoever hydroformed the mountains decide to put in a two mile descent. Right? And you've done all that climbing and then suddenly you're going downhill. That's how I feel about the Tron bike. Mm. I know, I know. Mm. It, makes, it makes no sense. It makes no sense. And maybe I'll reflect on it a little further. Yeah, that analogy so makes yeah. no sense to me at no, all. I don't no, understand. he's descending faster <laughs> into climbing <laughs> the trunk bike again. I, I don't know. Uh, yeah, this, what? I, <laughs> yeah. 
This okay, fun. enough of that. <laughs> enough of that. I think I'm tying myself in knots here. Enough of that. All right. Uh, one of the other reasons, apart from ports for reflection, for us to have a little break was to wait for the latest Zwift update to drop and drop it has. And if you're in a meetup with your club mates or a group or mates or whatever, generally what Zwift is called a private meetup, now only you and those mates see the messages in the group. Uh, that's really great because, it's, again, it's going to kind of aid group communication, make the whole thing more co cohesive. And it also means that private meetups don't get cluttered up with millions of messages of uh, from the Zwift wider world, which was um, how it was. Good improvement, Shane, I think, this one. Yeah, for sure. It's just another one of the little um, polishing additions they've made to meetups recently. Um, I don't want to hear about what John had for dinner or what Karen said down the street to her friend or anything like that, which you see in the general banter. So it all, uh, yeah, all just pulls this into a little sandbox of just your own people. So now we have we have private chat, we have private meetups, and we have race results. Game on. I love it. This is really, really good. Yeah. It's going to be used by a lot of people. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, it's going to help with races, I think, in private meetups as well, Nathan, because obviously it uh, opens the door to uh, highly targeted trash talking, which I, I you know, I know you do a lot of. <laughs> yeah, there's that too, and then as well as just it isn't as confusing now, right? Like I've run some meetups and I'm running it as a leader, and then I know that people are seeing this chat that's coming through, maybe, and I'm like, uh, "Do I need to explain what's going on right now? Do I need to explain yeah. that that person?" Do I? Need, and I kept on feeling like, and they might even be like, "Who are you?" <laughs> like, you know, what I'm like what? what who's well, she's Karen. Guy? Who's that? She's guy? Karen. She's Karen, and she's complaining to somebody about. But something. in races too, like you're like at full whatever, and then like 50 messages or something, and you're like, "What is this related to what?" You, you know what I mean? Like, it's not, you want to be fully attentive during a race. So, of course, it's going to be great to have that. And, of, and then there is the, I mean, I don't trash talk a whole lot. Well, on stream, I do, to, like, to my viewers. That's, <laughs> Did I don't you really hear that, do Shane? It in game. Did you hear that, Shane? He said, I, I don't trash talk a whole a lot. lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So we know your game, Nathan. <laughs> okay, and uh, there's more, yet more. We have a new power-up, the Steamroller, no less. Uh, more on that and some of the other new things in a few moments. But first, a bit of fuss over data and privacy affecting the immensely popular WRTL race series shone a bit of a light on a movement that's gone from niche and underground to wildly popular. So I figured it was time to find out a little bit more about WRTL, and I caught up with one of its founders, Stephen Milliken. Hello, Stephen. Hi. Hi, Simon. There was some uh, horribly complicated mess up to do with data and privacy and permissions, and it looked to some people as though Zwift were trying to close you down. But uh, I made a few behind-the-scenes inquiries. I know you did too, and that just wasn't the case, was it? Really, this was not. Uh, this was more cock-up than conspiracy, I think. Yeah, this the story does have a very happy ending, but it was um, definitely a case that um, Zwift is obviously worldwide with offices, and different offices weren't talking to each other. We basically had a, a letter from um, from the legal department of Swift saying that we were. Uh, it had come to their attention that we were using uh, personal data um, and we were accessing in, uh, improperly the API and that um, we should respond immediately or, and I quote, um, 
if you don't respond, we plan to take any and all actions consistent with applicable law. Scary, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, the right people have now spoken to the right people. And it's, can you confirm it is all happily resolved? It absolutely is. And, it, you know, it really, uh, w- once all this came to everybody's attention, and I have to say that the, the community absolutely got got behind this, including offers from um, from lawyers saying that they would uh, support us for free and get to the bottom of this which you know was like that was like a huge big security blanket around us because we realized that you know if we're getting threatened then then uh, you know we had some backup and absolutely to Zwift's credit they have completely sorted it out and um, you know we have come out of this uh, stronger than ever. Oh, well, that's excellent news. Lawyers don't often work for free, so that's a bit of a thing. Um, <laughs> now, let's just examine the success of WTRL because, I mean, it's just, I think this this kind of row brought it to more people's attentions, but it's absolutely huge, isn't it? Just give us the kind of elevator pitch, Stephen. What, 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 what is it? Well, WTRL started uh, two years ago, and uh, it was myself and um, a guy uh, called Mark Swatton from 3R we wanted a club race. We wanted to take each other on as a club race. So we um, we organized on a Saturday afternoon to take each other on and then we'd work out a set of results. And we, that was a huge success. We were only going to run for the winter, a few races, and then uh, and then stop when everybody left. But on our very first race, we had over 600 people taking part. So we thought, right, this, this is great. And the series continued. And in the end, uh, we finished our plan to finish in the March. But... Um, people were basically emailing us and messaging us and saying, um, don't finish, keep going. And and so we did. You seem to have this hit format on your hands at the moment, which I think is a, it's a team time trial race, isn't it? I had enjoyed time trialing in, in real life. And I thought, right, there's nothing on Zwift. I, I made a few inquiries and there was nobody doing anything for team trialing, time trialing. So I thought, right, okay, if nobody's doing it, I'm going to invent this myself. And that's exactly what I did. And it's a huge hit, isn't it? I mean, it's a really big hit. How does it work? The way anybody who knows how um, uh, Zwift Racing started, everybody started underneath the banner at Whitopia and somebody said, go and away you went. We basically let everybody leave in the um, pen and we sat in the pen whilst everybody left, which is a very, very eerie feeling. But thousands of people have now got used to that. I had um, messaged people and given them a start time and said, for instance, Vision, you will go at uh, plus one minute TT1, you will go at plus two minutes, uh, etc. And um, then you're totally reliant on people doing that. Exactly. We started with five teams and we're now uh, over 600 teams. Good Lord, 600 teams. It just got to a position where it was, it was just getting unworkable. I was there until three o'clock in the morning, having to get up at five because we then because of the popularity, we then got a second time slot so that we could um, get um, uh, North America involved in it. And then we were finding there was five, 10, 15 teams coming from North America. And then th- I then had to get up at five o'clock in the morning to get their results done. And it was, I was exhausted. So what you've now presumably got a squad of you doing? No, not at all. We um, con- um contacted by uh, Martin, who lives in Calgary, and um, Martin has experience in um, in computer programming, and he basically could see that I was chin strapped and on my knees. So he offered to help, and any offer of help would have been absolutely fantastic. So I bit his hand off to get help, and then Martin has taken it from the um, the maximum that we were able to deal with, say twenty five teams. He then completely 
um, wrote a program that could um, work out the results, which has evolved over time. And it, it now, it, it, with all the, uh, the systems in place, that we can, we could, we could easily deal with five thousand teams. Good lord! Wow, well, that's very impressive. And presumably, the appeal for the participants is is the appeal of any team time trial, which 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 is you working together. You know, you're only basically as strong as the weakest rider, but you've got to stay together. I guess you've got similar kind of rules to IRL, so that a minimum number of riders have to to, to cross the line. Yeah, the the maximum uh, amount of riders you can have in a team is eight, and exactly the same as um, IRL. We go for the the time is taken off the fourth rider to cross the line, but. what we find is the fact that the most teams want to stay together. They don't want to be dropping riders off. Yeah. So um, in theory, as you do in uh, real life, you could um, get guys on the front or girls on the front who exhaust themselves and then drop them off. And that's exactly what the, 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 uh, the teams who want, who are desperate to win, that's what they do. Um, but most of the teams that it's all about, you know, the teamwork and they will, whatever happens, they will stay together and cross the line as a team yeah. of eight. It's a very good format, actually, isn't it? Because uh, you know the thing about TT, like individual TT, it's just it's just a pain fest, basically. But but there's much much more to team time trialing, um, and oh, I, I, can, I absolutely see why that format's appealing. Yeah, the the tactics that have come out every single week. I mean, we we use a mixture of probably about ten courses that that are ideal for it. And every week the records are broken. We have got Olympic athletes. We have got triathletes. We have got top professional racers. Even Alex Dowsett was racing this week. You know, that's the standard. Well, I mean, that's exciting. But I, I think the other appealing thing from what I've heard about it is that it, it, it grows, grows across the board in ability range. And there's lots of events for, for, for women too. Well, the... Our ethos from the very start was WTRL is about five category racing. So to us, we tell everybody that it doesn't matter if you're a D racer or an A plus racer, you matter to us. And we, whenever we look at results, we don't go to the D or to the A category first. We go to the D category first and we work it out. And you'll see in any results that we have, the ladies always come first. So, you know, we, we are completely neutral when it comes to um, whoever's racing in our race we treat everybody exactly the same well it's a hell of an accomplishment and as i say this kind of little storm in a teacup um, certainly brought you a lot more attention um finally Stephen, i'm guessing that even with computer wizardry from your colleague in calgary this is still uh, somewhat of a drain on your time it- it take it is almost like a full time job. Certainly, my wife will say that um, that she's a swift widow, and, and Martin's fiance is the same. But um, the ironic thing is that we we spend maybe, and this is no exaggeration, maybe eight hours a day because uh, through our um, email, through our messages, we reply to every single message that we get, and especially after an event that um, we will get hundreds of emails, people asking questions. And a lot of people think that we are swift themselves because we'll get questions about subscriptions and kit especially team kit we get a lot of questions about that and um, but we answer all those and and we believe it or not still pay our swift subscriptions so we are organizing for swift thousands of people racing but we get paid nothing for it it actually costs us to host our website so it, it costs us to actually do it well maybe somebody at swift might hear this and see whether there might be some kind of remedy <laughs> yeah, to, or, or at least something to um, 
to uh, nod in your direction for the amount of time you put in it uh, into it and uh, you know you're not alone lots of lots of people in the community do, 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 do similar things but but it does seem that um uh, this seems particularly labor intensive um Stephen, I'm uh, thrilled to hear about it, thrilled to hear about the success. It's got a place in my heart, the Teen Time Trial, actually. I must say, I think it's an absolutely Thank fantastic you. event. And it really is about time I uh, hauled my ass into one of your into one of your races, actually, because I love a good Teen Time Trial. Well, one of the things that we do is if, if a rider is looking for a team, we will find them a team because of um, what we have now built up with the community, on, on, uh, on, especially on Facebook, that, that if somebody comes and says that they want to race, we will, whatever time zone they are in the world, we Gosh. will find them a team and, and they will get a place that's on a, one of those teams, whatever their ability that's is. That's a brilliant service. Absolutely brilliant service. Um, I'm blown away by uh, by what you do. Um, I know a lot of people in the community do do similar things, but um, uh, 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 the organisation that goes into this must be Herculean. Um, lovely to chat to you, Stephen, and great to hear more about WTRL, and great to hear that that uh, little episode has been safely put to bed. Thanks very much indeed for your time. Thank you very much, Simon. Thank you. It's appreciated. Team time trialing, it's a thing. I mean, it really is a thing. And I have to say, it, it's, it's kind of been under my radar. But that 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 whole movement there is just absolutely massive. But I did find it really surprising that Stephen said that these guys who, who organise it, just the two of them, you know, and hour after hour after hour they spend on it, they just get no benefit at all from Swift. I mean, not even a free subscription. Maybe they're just too polite and British to ask. Who knows? Uh, but, you know, the whole lockdown thing has placed a lot of emphasis on the, the work the community does. And now might be a good time to reflect. See? See what I did there? Back on this week's theme <laughs> of reflection. Yeah, it's not just thrown together, this, you know. To reflect on whether people like Stephen should be... Well, paid, I guess, would be one way of saying it, or, or compensated in some way for what they contribute to the community. Um, Jane? Mm, I think it all comes down to, there's no question there's value being provided, but who is that value being provided to? And is it up to those mm. people to then contribute to the remuneration or compensation of what's being done, the work that's being done? Maybe maybe Zwift don't value what he's doing. Sure, there's, it's bringing in a lot of subs. It's bringing in a lot of people staying around. That's fine. But no, I don't think anybody may have from Zwift may have asked him to run this league or asked him to do that work. My analogy would be mm. I could go outside here and sweep the street all day long. I'll do a really good job. People will love it. But the city council here won't remunerate me for it. Um, I need to get compensation from people who will be using the street. Is it valuable to them? I it, it's just all about value. Have we brought up Strava yet? Or is that that's later in the... No, Anyhow, no, no, we're going to talk about Strava. Don't worry, it's on the list. It's look, on I'm the not list. taking anything, anyway, anything away from the work that's being done. It's absolutely brilliant. I've watched a number of teams live stream their team time trial and the tactics involved and the, it is really, really good racing. Um, it, it comes down to the business side of things though and I guess what's expected and um, maybe they'll start charging subscriptions for their teams uh, to enter in. Well, mm. I, yeah, mm. well, you know, it's an excellent point you raised there actually it is a very good point you raised that the beneficiaries of the value that is provided for, by people like Stephen is in fact the people who are doing the racing so maybe they ought to put their hands in their pockets you know and there's so many of them you know two dollars once a year is probably enough to compensate Stephen and his his colleague for a little bit of the time uh, Nathan in in, in the, the wider games world are, are kind of community contributors or leaders I don't know what you describe them as but people like Stephen do, do they ever get paid 
Uh, yeah, there's a couple different ways. Uh, one way is the way that Shane is talking about. They provide a value to their viewership um, or to, you know, it's, a, it's mainly a lot, a lot of that is just through streaming. Um, they have also started to, you start seeing these pop-up ads if you're a gamer where uh, these companies or these smaller um, yeah, smaller businesses are popping up and saying, hey, do you want to learn how to play a game better? Come get coached by these people. Mm -hmm. So that's coming along too. Those are the community. But, that, but that, that ad, that ad would be on the stream. Obviously, is that that is not going to appear actually in the game as as part of the game. No, that you know they actually are paying for Facebook ads and in Twitter and yeah, I mean they're yeah, they're yeah. out there okay. doing their own things. So like what yeah. Shane was talking about, they're getting remuneration sometimes through um, the community that's looking for something from them. Uh, either through streaming their content or teaching people how to play the game better or putting on events as well. There's plenty of people that do like what WTRL are doing and they put on their own events. I mean, that's that's essentially esports, really, except like yeah. depending yeah. on how horizontal and how vertical the publisher is, very, very horizontally motivated publishers have mainly outside event managers and they're mainly ESL is a perfect example, right? Like you have like... So over and over again, you can see that. Um, so, but then there's also plenty of uh, content creators that are playing Valorant that just launched that didn't really, I don't know. If, I mean, they wanted to play Valorant, but they were paid plenty of money to play Valorant. <laughs> like, I mean, they. Yeah. Were, so there's definitely deals that are going on from publishers directly so, to yeah. content creators as well. It goes both ways, 100%. So there are there are existing models, and maybe maybe these big community groups who are providing such a service to the community, maybe maybe they should be a little more entrepreneurial. The very larger, very interesting. So Simon, the larger ones, the larger content creators, the larger viewership, they are directly in uh, contact with publishers, getting paid to play new games that the publishers are mm -hmm. launching for sure. Like they, yeah. it just makes sense. Mm -hmm. Could be part of Swiss future. Okay, well, whilst we're on the tricky subjects of money, let's deal with the Strava story. It's not a Zwift subject, well, not strictly, but all cyclists and most, if not all, Zwifters will use Strava, and Strava changed cycling like Zwift did. So we've got to talk about it. Uh, my position is this. I've been a subscriber for years. I love Strava. I got annoyed with this, as I think a lot of other people did over the past couple of years, because I do think it did um, badly lose its way over that period. Uh, but with the return of the founders, I think we've definitely seen a, a very welcome change of, of direction. I don't think I've ever done a bike ride since Strava was invented and not gone back and looked at it on Strava. Uh, the idea that everything on Strava should be free, or at least most of the functionality we care about at least should be free, is just batshit mad. You know, they gave away way too much early doors, and they have to start charging if it's going to develop and grow and get better as a business and, and make a profit. And it should make a profit, for goodness sake. What, you know, the idea that it's not profitable is just crazy. Now, that may be not the fault of the users. It may be the fault of some weird decisions by the founders but the idea that something as significant and important to people as Strava doesn't make a profit is just mad um, so I completely support um, them moving basically to to a subscription model Shane I think you're with me on this yeah hang on I've got a sound prop here can you hear this 
<laughs> That's my clickbait title of the week. Yes, everybody was on the bandwagon very, very with this one. Everybody and anybody in their dog has had their say on the Strava um, Strava gate. Let's call it the gate. It's the it's the clickbait gate of Strava this week. Look, I gave it a few days because what was in the press release and what people were saying were sometimes conflicting, and I waited to see what the changes actually were. Boots on the ground, rubber to the road, mouse to the click, I guess, to see what that experience was changed. It took them four days to roll out the changes. So everybody who had their say early on, it was all just speculative. Anyhow, once the changes rolled out, I had two accounts side by side. My wife's account, 10 years old, 10 years of data on there. Well, she's not 10 years old. She has 10 years of data. Her account's 10 years old. <laughs> ten, years, ten, years, <laughs> 10 years of data on her account. I have the same. She, I signed up around the same time. 10 years of data on my account. I side by side them to see exactly what had gone on because I have a premium account. Sorry, a subscriber account now because premium's gone. Summit's now gone. It's now just a paid or a free and she has a free account. What I found out is you can still do a boatload of stuff with the free account. There's only a few things that have been taken away or moved, such as the segment leaderboards and seeing your previous efforts. Um, and look, I'm on the side of Strava on this one. Free accounts have an associated cost. There's data storage, there's data access, there's privacy and data protection they have to do for your data. There's functionality, which there is a lot of functionalities. Like the social media side of Strava it is unchanged. You can upload, you can kudos, you can add photos, you can comment, you can share routes. You can still do tons of stuff. It's associated cost with that. And the customer support services, you, they also have to respond to your support tickets, even when you're not paying them a cent. Uh, mm. So, yeah, I'm with Strava on this one. I want to see them stick around for that very reason. Like if, if they don't start charging and they don't become profitable and they're not there, then what? Imagine what would fall out of the the world of, of our little world of cycling if there was no Strava. How would Zwift go? Yeah, I know, absolutely. Yeah, so I know, I know. I support I, them. You know, it, after what it's like imagining the pre-Zwift world, wasn't it? You know, I mean, it was a, it was a less rich world. Um, yeah. And you've not mentioned this, but I use this a lot, particularly for my kind of outside gravel rides. Their uh, route creation or route creation tool is hugely improved. I mean, massive. I mean, it was a bit rubbish before, to be honest, but it is now massively, massively improved. Yeah, no. So we are actually seeing added value for from from the company, um, Nathan. I'm guessing the cheapskates whinging about five bucks a month are also the same kind of people running Zwift on potatoes. There are people in the world. <laughs> there are people in the world who you know expect a champagne experience for beer money. I think. Yeah, my I'm okay. So they put themselves in a tough spot because. Like Shane said, you still get so much, and I'm almost like you're still getting too much. Like, like, like yeah, I'm kind of yeah. like, and because yeah. of that, we kind of have this in between space where like you can still do so much here that it's it's probably not going to see a big rise in the. It, there's just not enough leverage, you know, for for there to be a purchase point. And I just feel like there should be more leverage for a purchase point in some ways, so that like. The people who are whinging on and complaining about Strava not having this, this, and that, 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 and the other thing, and all of a sudden you're saying in the last six months they've really turned it around. Well, maybe it's because they hired people and did things that cost money. It's like, well, we yeah, yeah. if we want to yeah. make features and people want to work to make the features you're complaining about, maybe we have to charge money for it. <laughs> like no. it's strange it, idea, right? Yeah. Like <laughs> so if you want a better people, Strava, maybe yeah. we just gotta get paid to make a better Strava. So anyway, yeah, yeah. like people gotta eat. It's a weird thing that you know, people <laughs> anyway. but you know, people gotta eat. Okay. Oh, yeah, I'm That's on board. I'm on board with with but I don't pay for Strava, so I don't even know what I'm 
talking about. <laughs> 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 like I'm, I don't pay for Strava. I, they get they do this thing. I pay for Strava in watts, I guess. So, oh, man, you, you, you'd be telling me you're recording this podcast on a potato now. Okay, that that's the Strava thing done. Next, the new power up steamroller makes the bike you're on as fast as a road bike on tarmac, regardless of surface. And 30 seconds of steamrollering can be yours with this new power-up. Uh, Nathan, I see attacks in the jungle with this one. Yeah, this is... I Okay, so I don't know what to think about this because I haven't been bike swap swapping a lot. If I've been bikes... If there was a hotkey and you could stop mm. really quickly and bike swap a lot... I'd know yeah. a lot more about how this would function because then I would know exactly all the areas in game that I'd be using this and be like, whoa, this is steamroller. This is steamroller. This is steamroller. Right now, I've, I like I just know one or two places that are steamroller because it's kind of on my mind during commentary. I wish in like some, you know, long time ago, I didn't tell John Mayfield we were swapping to, to TT bikes at the top of the – uh, tower on certain races so that people could just fly downhill <laughs> and then swap really quickly because he made it so you had to stop your bike so you could swap bikes. Yeah, so, yeah, so, yeah. so anyways, maybe we'd still be swapping quickly or whatever, but Steamroller sounds like essentially bike swaps, but on the fly in a power-up, which is kind of cool. I like the idea. Just I want to see it in action. I wanna, I'm really excited to see how it works and what. I also want to see more courses, though, that go along with this because it's not like... I don't know. I guess there is Ocean Boulevard. What else? Italian Village, right by the Italian Village on your way over to the yeah. volcano. So there are opportunities here. There's opportunities. Yeah. Short gravel. I mean, short gravel sections, it will be. I can see it coming in super useful on. Attacks um, will be happening like crazy because of it, I think. Yeah. 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 Uh, Shane, this is going to sound like looking a gift horse in the mouth and, and the words of an ingrate, but. How many power-ups is too many? I think this brings us to seven, I think. Anyway, it's, it's certainly one more. And I, I think this means you're less likely to get the really prized ones like the Aero Helmets or you know, maybe Steamroller will become the new kind of must-have power-up. I don't know. But anyway, you know, it's it's one more. Good thing, bad thing. How, how many power-ups is too many? One is too many for real racing. Come on now. There's there's a big debate on this one, I guess. And some race organizers can turn power-ups off. Um, yeah, it depends. Yeah. I mean, you want to run outdoors in, the, outdoors in the real world. You win races based on your skill, your tactics, your nous, your everything. But, you know, there's no e-bike switch on a real bike. You know, you get just, you know, disqualified from a race. So an aero power-up, you don't – I'm not quite into the thing. Look, if this steamroller was actually a steamroller and you got to race a steamroller, I mean, I've been riding around GTA this week on a steamroller. It's been quite fun. Um, sure, that, that's gamification. Is flattening the road? I think it's this is niche within a niche within a niche. And having to explain this to somebody new that the road surface actually has an effect and it only works in this. We're way way down the rabbit hole for this one. Um, I think they need to simplify the power ups. Maybe not have not having them at all. I don't know. It doesn't grab me. It doesn't grab me. I'm sorry. Hmm. I'm quite surprised by that by that reaction. I must say. Uh, I mean, I don't think it's too many. Um, I don't think it's too many. I think it you know adds more texture and interest to the game, and and you know that's what we're we're so often race asking for. Race organizers have the ability now also to turn off specific power ups. 
Ooh. So you yes, can, you can throw them away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, no. or of course, you can you can throw them away as a as a as a yeah, good point. You can, you can all of them, or you know. get rid of just specific ones. So if you just like three of them, you just do steamroller, arrow power up, feather. There you go. Or you know, yeah. So yeah, yeah. Well, it adds a bit of a uh, bit of interest and and and, and complexity, and I, I think we'd like that. Apart from Shane, who seems not to. Anyway, there we go. Okay, uh, two other little tweets to the game, which I think are a bit more significant than they look on their own. One, a special training plan for rookie racers. Six weeks to get fit to race. I can't remember whether it's called that, but that's what it is. With all kinds of special drills, all of them more, most at least specific to the particular demands of Zwift racing. And a ramp test light, again designed for people who may not want to make themselves vomit by performing a traditional FTP test. This is obviously also aimed at newbies and it's a way of slightly more comfortably finding your FTP if comfortable an FTP test in the same sentence is not an oxymoron. Uh, that rum test light, basically you start from a lower place and the increments are less less, less, less severe. Um, anyway, upshot of both of these, Shane, I think, is it's very clear HQ want to get more people racing. Now, why would they want this? Don't you think there are enough complaints in Swift Racers Group about sandbagging already? Uh, racing is the best way to test yourself. It's also the best way to improve, and it also gets you a hook in. If you just go for a ride, you know, tomorrow, no, you might not go for a ride. Or if it's, you know, not kind of your day, oh, I'm not going to bother. But if there's a race on and you've gotten, let's just say you got 25th in a C race, well, next time, aim for 24th, aim for 20th. Racing's got to, I mean, yeah. this is why we all get hooked on bike racing when we first take it up. Um, but I, I do like the fact that there is a a shortened FTP test because, look, let's be honest, everybody wants to know their FTP without having to actually do an FTP test. Um, I think, <laughs> so you, you, know, you 60 minutes right. is traditionally what you test yourself over, a 60-minute climb, but no, no, we've shortened that down to a 20-minute, no, no, not the 20-minute test, let's go shorter to the step test. No, no, let's go just short, shorter. <laughs> why bother? Let's just sit on the couch, throw chips at the television and come up with a number and that's how ftp like come on people you have to hurt for your ftp you cannot escape the devil that is the pain of an ftp test and it is always good training and with a ramp test they're designed for you to fail that's where you succeed there's no definition of not improving easy there speaks there speaks a time trialist, a man who <laughs> worships at the altar of pain. Uh, Nathan, I think basically if you race, you become a more committed Zwifter. I mean, I think it's as simple as that, really, and maybe less likely to cancel over the summer. That's my theory. Yeah, I think competition is addictive in trying to win, and I think, you know, you start seeing similar people, or even if it's just your first time and, and you – come to the line with a group of people and you're like, wow, that was like a real race, but I was in my house. What, wait, I can do that anytime. You know, I think there's mm -hmm. like an aha moment, like Eureka a little bit. Uh, this is a lot more fun and interactive than I thought where, you know, if you're used to Peloton or whatever, like if you're coming over from something else, a spin class, and there wasn't that competitive juices going quite as much, except for like so-and-so that you didn't know what they were doing next to you, but it looked like you were working harder than zippity doo dah, you know, like, so <laughs> it, you know, I think there's a lot more um, pull for sure. And uh, I mean, I recently have experienced that again, coming back to, so uh, it's just so much easier to jump on to get a good workout in when it's competitive rather than just slogging along doing intervals. So definitely. Yeah. 
yeah, yeah. Well, I think it's a good thing. I, you know, I think perhaps people need a bit of handholding and easing into in, into the world of of competitive swifting. And uh, if these two things make it easier for people, for more people to race, I think that's only a good thing. He said, sounding sanctimonious and priggish. <laughs> Okay, well, let's stick with racing for a little while and let's hear from Ashley Mooman Passio, who, with her team CC Live, was the star of the Women's Tour for All race series. She lives just a few miles down the road from me, actually, in Girona, but obviously, with things being how they are, I caught up with her over the interwebs. Well, welcome to the Zwiftcaster, Ashley Mooman Passio. Hey, Ashley. Hey, Simon. Nice to chat. Massive congratulations on the huge win in Tour for All. Thank you. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. It was um, it was fun. Well, I watched a couple of stages, and on one of them, I saw you. I mean, you just rode away from the field. What the hell? Well, I think I did have the advantage of having spent seven weeks training um, solely indoors and on Zwift, and I think that that definitely had a massive advantage. So I do I do recognise that indoor training is very different um, to to outdoor training, and there's definitely you know, to be able to, to race really well on an indoor platform, you do need to spend um, a certain amount of time training on it. In swift racing, right from the get-go, there has been, without any question, without any fuss, without any issue, complete parity between uh, men and women racing. And that, of course, has meant parity in the broadcast of those races. And that's actually given women... Uh, female bike racing, ladies, whatever you want to call it, that has given it perhaps more broadcast time than than ever before. Really, I mean, do you see that as a as a big advantage for 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 women bike racing? I've seen firsthand, um, yeah, the advantage that that's given us, or the boost that that's given us. So I've seen um, a massive response um, in terms of you know my social media and following, you know, actually the best response I've ever had in my career in terms of, you know, just um, more followers on social media, more engagement, um, more awareness of who I am um, as a cyclist and and what my strengths are, what women's female cyclists are capable of. Um, So I just, I recognized immediately um, that, you know, mainstream media um, or mainstream exposure is, is, the only way in which women's cycling will ever, you know, really progress. Um, if we can get some, if we can have parity in virtual cycling, at some point, I do believe that it will translate um, onto the road. And so, yeah, I definitely want to have embraced the opportunity that virtual cycling has presented for for women's cycling. And actually kind of blew me away, to be honest, um, because it kind of feels a little bit strange that that my my avatar is more famous than, than I am. <laughs> and I've been cycling for 10 years on the road. So it's, it's a little bit weird. And I think it gives great opportunity to to give um, the fans exposure to to our the in, you know inside of our lives you know what our homes look like what our pancakes looks like maybe little interview um, inserts um, with us you know talking a little bit about you know daily life and, and those type of things so I think it's it's definitely um, can definitely complement road cycling in a huge way never replace it but I do see it as as complementary yeah and no, well I complete I completely agree with that how has team management um, capitalized? Uh, Ashley, on this upsurge in interest? I mean, is this something that team management is actively discussing? Well, actually, if I'm totally honest, I think it's still somewhat overlooked, to be honest. Um, So 
you know, they're, they're kind of seeing it. Feedback um, is loud and clear, you know, that they've had really good response uh, to the virtual racing, you know, that social media numbers were looking really good. And then I've also seen it from my own personal social media. Um, so they do recognize it, but I think there's still um, a level of, you know, it's not, it hasn't totally been embraced, you know, by the road cycling teams. But I don't think that everyone has embraced it the way I have in terms of seeing um, a long-term future for it and a, a way in which it could um, complement road cycling into the future beyond um, the COVID pandemic. Yeah. I, well, I think what you're trying to say is that you feel as a professional road rider that there really definitely is a place even in season, even in the cycling paradise that is Girona, even in the perfect weather that we have a lot of the time, for indoor training, not as a second choice, but as a first choice. I mean, and, and again, not exclusively, but as 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 a mixture. I mean, do you, do you genuinely feel that? Yeah, I genuinely feel that. So, you know, as I said before, and that's the reason why a lot of road pros don't enjoy indoor training is because it is hard. The reality is it is super hard and it's different um, to road cycling. And so that's why I'd never really embraced it before because, um, you know, I always felt a bit deflated when I would get on an indoor train and I couldn't hold the same numbers that I that I would be able to, to hold outdoors. And somehow it just, you know, was that much harder on the muscles. So, you know, recovery was was more, it was longer. Um, but, you know, ha- having been sort of thrown into the position where you either embrace it and make the most out of it, or literally you've got to take what ended up seven weeks off the bike, <laughs> you know, I decided I'm going to make the most of my situation. And the first week was really hard on the muscles. I, if I'm totally honest, like I really had to dig deep. You know, luckily my coach was pretty supportive and, and he was also realistic. And he, he said to me, you know, we need to drop your threshold power by about um, 20 watts, 20, 25 watts, you know, um, in, in the first weeks. Let's see how it goes. And let's drop your, your volume by 20 to 30%. Um, and let's see where we, where we go with that. And then the third week, I took a little bit of an easier week because I was really struggling. And then the fourth week, I suddenly really started to see um, results. So I started to see that my, my power was, was much better. I was starting to get closer and closer to my outdoor numbers. I think in the fifth week, I actually did a performance test and I saw an increase in my maximum power. I saw an increase in my VO2 max because luckily we have the, the facilities here at Rockefeller Recycling to do VO2 max testing and some performance testing. So that again was reassurance that, okay, this is really doing good. You know, I might hurt and I might suffer at times, but it's worth it's worth the while. But swift racing is, is totally new, but I really threw myself into it. And okay, I suppose it helped that I won my first swift race. So suddenly I was like, okay, wow, this is quite fun. Um, you know, one thing led, led to the next. And, and then I actually, after lockdown, after seven weeks of training indoors and, and on the, um, the platform of Swift, I went and did a, my best time up Rock of Um So it really showed um, that the work that I'd done indoors did benefit the outdoor um, stuff as well. Well, that's very powerful testimony, actually. It really is. I mean, we're still in this slightly weird period where there's no bike racing. Uh, things are beginning to soften up here and they're lifting the time restrictions on us next week, which um, I know hasn't applied to pros, but to people like me, that's a big deal. But we are still in this slightly weird period. Do, uh, I mean, obviously, you're by the sounds of things, you're going to continue racing on. Yeah, it. definitely. So I'm hoping there'll be some more pro events um, for the road pros. Um 
So for me to be able to continue to race on Zwift um, means it's a bit of a challenge um, because CCC Live haven't haven't entered a team. It surprises me that CCC Live have not entered a team. But have you any insight into why they took that decision? Well, I mean, it's not really a, a big surprise. I suppose the only um, pro teams that have entered you know, um, teams into the pro-am. So I'm talking only about the pro-am. So there's pro-am racing on Zwift, um, and then there's pro racing, which was the two of all, but that was a first um, time, you know, uh, opportunity. It was really a first. Um, so although I hope that continues for the for the pro teams into the future, it is only going to continue if there's buy-in, you know, um, from all the teams to really accept that it is a good platform. So I'm I'm really doing my best to play a role in in trying to convince, <laughs> you know, my peers and and the the team owners and managers to to see the potential of it. Um, but so what I'm talking about is if that doesn't continue, if pro road racing, pro racing for the road pros doesn't continue on Zwift, um, then pro am will kind of be the only opportunity for me to race on Zwift. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, if I'm totally honest, I don't really want to answer for the team before I've really had a proper discussion with them. I, I haven't actually really said to them, please, can you enter a team? I suppose maybe if I did, they might consider. But if, if I really look into my, my peers or my teammates within the team, I don't necessarily see that there's enough interest from my teammates at this point. Um, so they need convincing, but maybe that's something that I should try. Well, that's very, very interesting. Really interesting stuff uh, and a very interesting conversation. Um, thanks very much indeed for your time, Ashley. And congratulations once more on an absolutely fantastic win and being a brilliant ambassador for uh, women's racing on Zwift. Thank you. Thanks, Simon. Right on! Well, as I said, Ashley lives just up the road from me here in Girona, where she runs a very good bike touring company, actually called Rocker Corbett Cycling, um, sited in a very, very beautiful building. And uh, whenever people are able to get their bikes into a box and travel to other parts of the world, I, w- I would um, definitely recommend um, certainly Girona, but for, for obvious reasons, um, and, and Rocker Corbett Cycling. Um, a lot of my friends have stayed with her and, and had a really good time. Uh, so... There we go. There's your free ad, Ashley. Um, now, one of our dear listeners asked very politely to explain in the next episode why I have been stranded in Girona these past weeks. Um, as he has so nicely, we're going to do this uh, very briefly. I'm a bit sick of the sound of my own voice, so we're going to play a little game. You two, my much-cherished fellow Swiftcasters, are going to switch roles and be the interviewer. So... Off you go. One question each turn and turn. You have to get to the bottom of this important story. Now, remember the 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 the, the watchword or watchwords of Rudyard Kipling about being a good journalist and a good interviewer. Uh, his, I think it was his sixth serving wenches. Who, what, why, where, when, and how? Uh, off you go, Shane. First question. I'm a horrible interviewer. I work with technology. It never talks back, and it does exactly what I tell it to do most of the time. This is not a game I can play. Okay, so we've got to work out why you're in Girona. Uh, yeah. Why that part of the world? I want. To, I, I hear it all the time. It is so far from here. I've got no idea. I don't even know where Girona is on a map. I couldn't even point to it. But yet, my first question is why Girona? Why that location? Okay, well, uh, my uh, 
my 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 bad knee problem if listeners remember that it kind of focused my mind a bit about um as these things tend to do about uh sort of big life decisions and i'd often uh, i'd planned it was part of the life plan i think to 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 be able to be in a position where i could spend a little more time in a place where it didn't rain a lot um, so I've been on the lookout for the past few years about where that place might be. And I came here on a kind of boys cycling holiday two or three times. Uh, and I just fell in love with the place, really. Um, in terms of where exactly it is, to answer your question, Shane, it's in north east Spain, very close to the French border. We're only 60, 70 K from the French border. And the next big town as you get further into Spain is Barcelona. Uh, so that's that's to locate it. Nathan, your question. How often do you go to the year? Because you have a new you have a house there now, it sounds like. And I an have an apartment here. Yeah, I I bought a place and I uh, grossly underestimated the amount of time and money it would need spending on it to bringing it up to um, to kind of habitable standard. And I spent about a year doing that and, and, and more money than I'd budgeted for. But isn't that always the way? Uh, and the plan was when the world was normal that I would flit back and forth between here and the UK because my wife is based in the UK and she has a job which means she can't uh, she can't be quite as flexible as I am about where I work. Uh, so the plan was, um, as you used to be able to do, you used to get on an aeroplane a bit like taking a bus and three hours later you'd be back in, uh, in the other place. Um, but as we know, <laughs> things are no longer like that and that's... Uh, thrown a bit of a spanner, thrown a bit of a wrench in my works. And that was how I came to become uh, stranded here, because when the lockdown came down super fast and super tight in Spain, I made that fatal mistake of hesitating. Uh, and I wasn't quite sure what to do. I wasn't sure whether to jump on a plane, sit tight, do what? So in the end, I, I you know, uh, if in doubt, do now, as they say in Yorkshire. So I, I, I did nothing and ended up staying here. And then it kind of became, became too late to get back. Um, don't know whether that was the right decision or not. I mean, the, the weather here has been fine. The lockdown in Spain has been perhaps tighter than the UK. So I would have been able to ride my bike outside a bit more in the UK. But whether I would have done, given the kind of... Uh, the whole lockdown thing, I'm not sure. So I don't know whether I made the right decision, but 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 by not making a decision, I made a decision and I ended up staying here. Uh, there we go. I think that's told the story, actually. I think we did it. We didn't have to ask much. You were just so, ready to say yeah. yeah. brilliant like... interviewer. You twisted the questions around to your story. It was brilliant. That's exactly <laughs> yeah, the yeah, yeah, yeah. Natural, was natural politician. I mean, all natural I said was, well, you have a place there, right? And then I just interviewed myself. Yeah, didn't that I? was craftsmanship right there, Simon. That was brilliant. <laughs> that was textbook stuff right there. And by the way, thanks for that. Our questions were pretty lame. <laughs> yeah, they weren't very good actually. Uh, uh, well, that, that, that was that was jolly fun. Uh, time for a little more levity. The Thomas de Ghent tweet. Uh, we all saw this, right? Just in case some listeners didn't. Uh, Thomas, uh, rapidly becoming a hero by actually, once got booted from a Zwift race for being too fast. He's obviously getting quite serious about racing on Zwift. He's fed up with cheaters, or at least that's what we must infer when he said, 
It's easier to drop world-class riders in a Tour de France stage than win a Zwift race. That says it all. You've actually got to love Thomas de Genshin. Yeah, that was pretty funny. That got a good response. It was taken in lightheartedness because it was true. It is so hard to drop anybody in Zwift. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I mean, this is this is arguably the the, the best breakaway rider in the world currently. Mm-hmm. I mean, we don't know because there's no racing, but you know. He is the breakaway king. So, uh, you know, I thought his words had, had, had particular resonance. Um, Nathan, are you winning a lot now with your newfound fitness or are your, your, your resumed fitness, I should say? I mean, you've always been a, you've always been a fit lad, but I know you've been, uh, you've been concentrating a lot on it recently. Are, are you winning a lot or are you suffering the same frustrations as our friend Thomas? Yeah, at the higher end races, it's very difficult to win. I've got a lot of podiums recently if i'm going to be kind of serious about it i guess but i'm doing the usa cycling series on wednesday evenings last night i got second the week before i got fifth the week before that i got third i'm like it's like "Ah!" and i'm kind of like yeah he was because i interacted with him and he responded actually on twitter and like i was like well wait a second and you know what what did come out of that there was a there was a ton of thread well there was one thread on twitter and then one thread on facebook in zwift racers and the one-on's with racers kind of turned a little bit from being all about cheaters to being about, wait a second, what if this is just like the drafting algorithm needs to be looked at because it's impossible mm-hmm. to break away? Like to, last night, to real quick, Little Bunny Trail, we're going over the top of the Volcano Come in the USA Cycling Series. I know if I just stay with the group, those three or five dudes I could bridge to right now will come back. I'm not bridging. I am not, I'm not wasting my energy on that. They just wasted a match that I'm going to beat them in the sprint for. And I beat all those dudes in the sprint because of it, mainly because that pack traveled way too fast downhill. And those guys putting out six watts per kilogram, we just did super tucks the whole way down. You yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah, he's right. And his frustrations might also be not just cheating. He might just be like, I can't break away. And everyone's been saying that for two or three years. <laughs> yeah, that's no, true. No, no, it's absolutely it is true actually. And sometimes just that fresh pair of eyes, and of course the the, the you know the, the 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 authority he brings as as well. He's almost again you know, best breakaway rider in the world. So yeah, I did raise a, an interesting little debate. Okay, uh, well let's get on. Let's talk to Phil Ellison in line with this week's theme of what changes has lockdown brought. Not only have I got a triathlete on the podcast. What? I know. I know. The world's gone mad. People have been I, telling me to run and swim now, too. Like, I don't know what's I know. happening. I don't know. No, I'm sorry. I haven't making it about me. <laughs> triathlete on the podcast. I, I did check he was wearing socks because I told him, you know, if he was going to appear sockless, that was just going too far. Anyway, oh, he did have I haven't socks. Been wearing, people on stream have been yelling at me for that, too. Something's happening here. <laughs> 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 he did have socks on. I checked. Here's Phil. Welcome to the Zwiftcast to Phil Ellison. Hello, Phil. Hi, Simon. You are a triathlon coach. Just give us the 30-second version of, of the level of your coaching skills and experience. I work uh, sort of nearly full-time in the NHS as a lower limb uh, extended scope physiotherapist. I've been uh, coaching under the banner of Total Tri Training now for about 12 months. Uh, I was very lucky to achieve my personal goal uh, last October and, and go to the World Championships for Triathlon in Kona. And, and after that, it was very much, what can I do now to help develop others and pass on some of the knowledge that uh, that I've gained over the last few years? You got in touch with me. And the thing that really piqued my interest when, when you sent me a message was that you said that as a result 
of changes made to the way you train people on Zwift over the COVID crisis? Will, as a result of that, make permanent changes to your coaching methods? Just, just give us a bit more on that. Uh, Phil, because I'm really interested in that. Most of our athletes are, are fairly separated from each other. Um, as a group of coaches, we tend to have quite a bit of contact with each other to help plan and uh, schedule a year and, and, and what training blocks we're going to be running. And then it's 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 kind of a very much an individual sport. And uh, and the coaching is, is very highly specific to those individuals. Um, but obviously with the the restrictions that have been enforced with the the, the pandemic um, we've had to change the way that we work and we've we've very much seen it as a chance to build community and bring people together not only to help with the triathlon performance but i think to help with the state of mind and mental health and give them uh, a regular contact point uh, each day so um normally our workouts particularly for the bike would be uploaded to zwift via training peaks and we've continued to do this, but we've uh, brought everybody together with regular coach-led sessions. So we've started to utilize a lot of the uh, functionality of Zwift with um, the group meetups. And then we've loaded the workouts directly into those meetup sections. And then we've ran the workout together. And, uh, and we've had one or two coaches on hand uh, for each session so that uh, they've been on the Discord app to actually lead and coach the session. So it's a much bigger group environment. And uh, the feedback from the athletes is that it's, uh, it's a hugely, hugely successful uh, endeavor at the moment. I, I guess the feedback you're getting from your athletes is that this probably, I'm guessing here, it'd be interesting to see if you confirm this, but it probably increases compliance because it's easy to skip a session if it's just you. It's less easy to do it if you're with a bunch of other people. Yeah, definitely. I think, again, from the triathlete's point of view, the uh, the training's quite all-consuming, you know, to fit in the three sports every week and to fit that around work and family commitments. It's, it's generally very difficult to be part of a club and actually to turn up at the times that you're expected to do. And, and obviously group rides on the road and such are so difficult with the different levels of ability. So um, this has been, uh, been really well received. And yeah, the athletes certainly seem to be very keen on the group uh, situation. I guess that when you said to me that this will, you know, herald permanent changes to the way you work. I mean, I guess what you mean by that is that this works. So you're just going to carry on doing it. Well, it works in, in the fact that athlete um, satisfaction, you know, seems to be really high amongst the um, nearly 200 athletes that we've got. The general feedback is is excellent. Um, also, when we're looking at getting uh, threshold notifications and, you know, heart rate threshold and power threshold that comes through via training peaks and, and through the, the prompt on Zwift at the end of a session, we're getting huge amounts of new power settings over 20 minutes and and therefore raises in FTP. And uh, obviously that's that's a huge bonus for athletes at this time when it's uncertain. And, you know, hopefully this has become the new goal for them at the moment. Whilst races have been cancelled, um, they're still improving performance and setting themselves up for a good season or a good few races when, when we actually can. You're very cheerful just to hear some optimism come out this, uh, this this terrible period. Thanks very much indeed for your time and uh, a really interesting chat. Thanks a lot, Phil. You're very welcome, Simon. Thank you. I do think as time goes on, we're going to be seeing more and more legacy, I think, the legacy of lockdown as it applies to Zwift and how it has changed people. And and if that has happened to you, um, I, I'd like to hear about it because I, I'm, I'm genuinely interested in this. Um, so ping me a message or go and visit Zwiftcast listeners or whatever. It's easy to get in touch. Okay, so last bits of Zwifty news then. Some people have noticed that in their weekly email, they no longer get a summary of ride-ons given and received. 
Uh, don't worry, folks, it's not a plot, it's a bug. It's going to be fixed. Uh, your weekly popularity contest results are going to return. I must admit, I didn't think I cared. But now it's gone, I think I do, which is a bit weird. Um, Shane, as your add-ons are no doubt in the... I've written on the script thousands, but it's probably millions. Come on, admit it. You must have missed that in the weekly email. The validation of my existence on this planet. Yes, yes, all of that. All of that. I'm lost. (laughs) Without that, I don't know. I can't turn a pedal. I cannot turn a pedal. I don't think Shane's joking because he has a little script in which it shows the write-ons he receives in his live stream. Is that so? Is that so? It's a little text and it says write-ons and how many he's gotten as a text on his live stream. also how many I've given back. I'm actually going to put on now. I'm going to put on now, which I like. It's, it's a pretty cool little script. Shane, actually. I think we've got closer to the truth than we thought we might here. <laughs> no comment. No comment. I'm depressed. I don't know how many I'm getting. Oh, where's that email? I'm waiting. I'm waiting. He, I'm refreshing my inbox he, now. He's been gotchered. Uh, Nathan, I would imagine you 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 get you get more than the average ride-ons. I do, yeah. I get a lot. I do get a lot of write-ons. I, I appreciate them as they come in on stream, but I, I didn't. I, I don't know. That email goes to an email I don't even pay attention to anymore. So, <laughs> like, I didn't even know it was coming or not. To be honest. Okay, so you're taking a different approach. You're taking the blase. Oh, it never really matters to me. You see, at least Shane's been honest. <laughs> at least Shane says his life is. Once while you know, writing uh, on, I like to see the person's name and oh, hey, that person. That, but I don't. I don't look at how many and like afterwards. Maybe on stream, I'll be like, look, I got so many write ons. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> like, but that's about like it's kind of a joke, but. <laughs> Well, you know, I, uh, I think I, I'm lucky to number mine in the dozens. So, uh, and that sounds like a plea for ride-ons. It's not. It's not. It's not. <laughs> Everybody's going to start not. giving Simon. I okay, hate those. Let's make messages. a deal. Like, if we give Simon a certain amount of ride-ons, he has to register for the Tron bike. <laughs> <laughs> like, come on. I hate those begging messages. Don't you? Give me a ride-on. It sounds so pathetic. I hate that. Follow for follow. Really it sounds like follow for follow. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Anyway, okay. Okay. Uh, okay. Well, we've got to do it. We have to do it. It's not least because all over the internet we have seen Shane's avatar lying in a pool of blood on our Los Santos highway. I'm talking, of course, about Grand Theft Auto Five and the ingenious mod which allows you to hook up your smart trainer to GTA. And this has caused a pretty significant amount of interest wait for it it, uh, it is it is obviously shane was uh clickbait it's a click shane was on it like a rat up a drain pipe so shane let's uh let's hear it mate Brilliant. Brilliant, but not threatening to Zwift. So let me wind back a little bit. Grand Theft Auto V has been around since 2013, I believe. It's been around a long time. So the game itself is not new. What this is, is a slight modification. Just a slight little, it's a DLL file that allows uh, it to read Ant plus FEC trainer commands or to send Ant plus FEC training commands. So you can ride around in the free world. Not only does it uh, allow you to ride, you can follow predefined courses. You can go on autopilot or you can free ride. And yes, you can steer anywhere you like. You can ride up and it's just insane. If you see my streams on it, um, bad things can happen too. It's a little bit buggy. But it is a hell of a lot of fun. Uh, there are weapons involved. And, and of course, I mean, the, the other thing, sorry to interrupt you there, yeah. but, but you have you also have got this, like, you know, 
immensely fantastic graphical quality that a AAA game can can give you. Uh, it's still a few years old now. However, it's it's let's just say it's a few generations ahead of where Zwift is for other reasons. Zwift is a as a cycling platform delivered in a three D game. Grand Theft Auto is a three D game and delivered is as a three D game. That's what it's all about. So it just crosses over. There's a massive amount of crossover. And I think that why this has taken off so much and become the clickbait of the week is that i've got sound effects this is great um <laughs> the, the demographics of zwift likely grew up playing grand theft auto from the top-down view and then we've sort of you know forgotten about games from ages ago and we've all grown up so to speak um and we've been riding bikes and we've zwift dare not ever put anything like a gun in game or even a car i think it took them a while to get cars in there we can pull guns mm-hmm. out and take cars out and take them off the road if someone's tooting you you can turn around and shoot them um, it's just a lot of fun. It is a game. It is a pure computer game. I thought, oh, I've got Max. Max is playing it at the moment. He's having heaps of fun. Um, it's it's an amazing crossover, and a lot of people saying it's a Zwift killer, but I disagree. I think this is the best beta testing Zwift could ever partake in without even lifting a finger because they're going to see the reaction from a lot of people using this, using free ride mode, free steering mode, and seeing how how that experience is for them in their pain caves on their bikes. If it's a great experience, yeah. you can say, you can almost guarantee it. Zwift and all the other all the other companies would be like, okay, let's implement something like that. If it's a complete yeah. failure, Zwift haven't, again, lifted a finger, haven't invested a dollar in this and go, yeah, yeah, we knew it wasn't going to work. We'll invest our, um, our resources elsewhere. This is absolutely brilliant. We have Club Jarvis. Club Jarvis is good. It serves a place. But this is nuts. This is Club Jarvis times a thousand for the gameplay mm-hmm. experience testing. Um, it's an absolute. Yeah, I, mean, I think, that's, running I think that's, it's a great. No, there's some good points there, Shane. But I think the the sample, right, that the population that's doing the beta testing here, they're they're, they're way atypical of of of. Of, of the of, of the average swifter, I, I yeah, I, I that's a good say. point. Yeah, yeah, uh, it's still enough. Hard, it'd be hardcore cyclist to get this running. Um, it took me six hours on a Sunday. Still couldn't get it working. I had to like jump through hoops, download. It's ninety five gigabytes to download. Um, and then I've had to do that twice because it wouldn't work with one version, worked with another. I had to go get a USB keyboard with a numpad. It's a pain in the butt to get working. I still think it's a good way for Zwift to have a look at. And I notice certain Zwift might happen or someone from Zwift HQ happens to be in the uh, the group that's been set up on Facebook for this. So they're watching and I'm, I'm glad they're watching because this is only going to improve everything else and not just Zwift, everything, every other 3D game on the market. They'll be looking at this going, what can we do? What can be possible? What works and what doesn't? And free yeah. ride through the uh, the dirt trails, unbelievable. Uh, it's it's very cool, very very cool. Yeah, yeah. Nathan, it, I don't think this. It's not an existential threat to Zwift. This at all is it? The mod? No. Yeah. The mod. Dota two to Warcraft three. Yes. Mm-hmm. So Warcraft Explain. three. Warcraft three made a mod open mod, right, situation. Zwift does not have an open mod situation, but another game does. Then Dota happened, Defense of the Ancients, out of Warcraft 3. Nobody plays Warcraft 3. Dota 2 is the largest esport in the world. Well, arguably not so much right this second, but like, this is how things happen. Everyone knows Fortnite dancing. If you've seen all the dances that all the kids do right now, if you don't know Fortnite, you at least have seen the dances. Nobody knows PUBG. Okay, like this is how the advancements start to happen. And so I see. This so is, I, this, I, is I, where, this is an interesting theory. So you 
think this is like a kind of brick in the dam becoming loose and some water starts to flow out of it. And before you know it, the dam breaks. Yeah. And I just think using looking at the things that have happened before in these markets is really smart. I understand that cycling's a different thing and games a different thing. Yes, we have a whole new thing that's kind of a unicorn in the world, but there are some trends that we've watched in the background. And I just think that learning from those trends is really smart right now so that you can get ahead of it and make sure because, um, you know, like Shane just said, now there's game devs who know GTA five and they go look at this and they look at Zwift. There were a couple of other things that were developed actually, not just on the GTA five thing during this whole lockdown where people were riding bikes. Shane, you linked one, I think a couple of days ago too. That was another guy developing some stuff that looked mm-hmm. kind of cool. Like there's, there's, there's a lot of, attention here right now and mm-hmm. with a lot of attention here right now that means that just more eyeballs on something and more yeah. influx into the market more money yeah. bigger fish, bigger fish. like yeah. Yeah. so yeah. yeah interesting interesting i mean give so me real, quick, real quick simon real quick real quick let me let me expound one more thing yeah, yeah, yeah. go 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 pub g small in the basement back-end developer doing a bunch of work launches this thing it's the biggest game for the longest time in a niche that was looking for battle royales battle royales become big fortnite's being developed by epic games epic games it was a one-off sale like gta is like you're gonna you're gonna buy this you're gonna play through it mm. and they were like whoa brs is a thing they switched their whole model, focused on BR. It became the biggest BR in the world because they were a bigger fish than the guy who made PUBG, who tried to do a merger and acquisition at that time. It kind of worked. They got bought by somebody, but they couldn't dev up the game that was made in the basement quick enough, and Fortnite yeah. blew it away. So mm-hmm. that's that. I, now I'm not saying. I'm just saying like there's a lot of eyeballs, like Shane said, on a dev space right now. That's like, what's going on here? People can, and I don't think, I mean, virtual cycling is not going anywhere, right? Like people are, this is, I think this is the future of indoor, you know, in a lot of ways, indoor exercise. I mean, that's what Zwift has as, as always said, you know, the future of indoor fitness. I mean, Shane, interesting, I think, actually, having seen this happen now, it's one of those instances where you think, why did this not happen six months, a year, 18 months, two years ago? I mean, you know. Good question. You had to wait for the standards to be out there and enough people to have this hardware to make it worthwhile. If only, say, one single trainer model or brand supported this, it probably wouldn't be that great. If it was only supported by smart bikes, again, not that great. So we've been claiming or calling for standards for a long time. So this is Ant Plus FEC. It is a standard that's been around for a while, but there's enough penetration in the market for people to have these trainers to try it out. Uh, Why hasn't this happened? It's all down to time and motivation. The developer behind it worked for Be Cool initially and now works for Garmin. Uh, A funny story is that the little GPS in-game, because it does record a fit file, and it does actually, you can upload that fit file to Strava. So it, it does the whole works there. You can keep a track of your training with this on GDA. Um, and it writes, yeah, in the, within the fit file, it writes to it just like a Garmin. So there's a little Garmin on the screen. He called it gaming, and but it looked like a Garmin. Garmin sent him a friendly takedown notice. Um, it was internal email, obviously, because he works for Garmin, saying, oh, can you remove all resemblance to Garmin in game for your mod, please? And he's like, oh, yeah, no worries. I'll change it. So it, it looks horrible now. It's a little tiny square thing. It looks like an iPhone, actually. Mm-hmm. So I went and changed it to a Wahoo Roam. And the Wahoo Roam developer, Murray Hughes, has tweeted out saying, I fully, as, I'm a, as a representative of Wahoo, I fully support this mod of a mod in Grand Theft Auto 5 by 
like. <laughs> the world is watching. The well, world is watching maybe, this. It's really funny. Maybe that's, maybe that's Wahoo recognizing that. Actually, it's quite a good thing. So there we go. In, in, the, in the game. Mm, very, very, very interesting area. And I think one we will... Uh, We'll almost certainly return to because it, 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 there does appear to be a bit of a uh, bit of traction on this. Interesting, interesting, interesting. Okay, that is that actually. This episode flown by again. Uh, World Swift Day um, has been declared June the third. This is the happy confluence of um, you know this all kind of event. You know, World This Day, World That Day, but. I think World Bicycle Day and World Running Day have, have coincided, whether by accident or design, I don't know. So it's been declared World Zwift Day. June is that a day 3rd. where we all ride our Tron bikes together? Hey, Nathan, do you want to go for a Tron bike ride? <laughs> hey, Simon. Oh, oh. <laughs> oh, now you, know, you see, now I feel like the non-cool kid. There, click the button. Click the button. Yeah. Click the button. You upset me. I'm upset now. <laughs> it wouldn't take that long, Simon. Like, really, I'll do some rides with you. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. Can, that's definitely going to work. Me and you riding together. Yeah. <laughs> I keep together meetup. Yeah. I'll slam and learn Just coming in two in a week or so. I'm going again for for the 4.0 challenge. Let's go. Come on, Simon. I've had, I've had enough of this. Producer's prerogative. I'm calling this episode to an end. Thank you for your contributions, fellas. <laughs> It's been uh, enjoyable. Thanks reflective. A lot. It's been reflective. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Talk to you next Thanks Talk for your transparency, time. Simon. <laughs> Bye, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>